What's going on, guys? In this pod, I'm going to discuss some linebackers that are entering the uh, 2021 NFL Draft. And um, so I was able to watch five of these guys. I really woke up very early this morning. Uh, was able to get at least one sometime or on some of these guys. I've got I had to get multiple games in on them before I really had an opinion. And it's just weird like that. Like sometimes with um, when you're watching tape, sometimes it takes about 15 to 20 snaps, and you feel like okay, I have a pretty good idea of what I think of this player right and then sometimes you watch a game and you have no idea what you you know you I'm like I have no idea if he's good or not so sometimes it takes two games sometimes one but I will always go back and watch more it's just that I'm trying to basically document this as I go for you guys this year so um the five linebackers that I watched Micah Parsons linebacker from Penn State uh Nick Bolton linebacker from Missouri Dylan Moses linebacker Alabama and the Jeremiah on on uh, hold on, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, linebacker Notre Dame, and then uh, Chaz Surratt, linebacker North Carolina. So, first one was Parsons, the uh, the one that I've heard most about. I guess he opted out in 2020, which to me is an unfortunate thing because when you look at what this guy, well, I'll get into that in a second. 2019 stats: 109 tackles, 14 for a loss, five sacks, five pass defense, and four force fumble. So the one thing that I just do not like about his game is that he just constantly falls steps. Like if there is any type of play fake, I mean, he's going to the, to the fake, you know, he just, it it just happens. So when, when that balances out for him, it looks great when like the, there isn't a fake and it's just a handoff one direction because he just comes through there like a bat out of hell and makes a great play. Right. The on the flip side of that in the NFL, coaches are going to game plan. Offensive coaches are going to game plan specifically against him in that regard. They're going to know, hey, if we give him any kind of action, he's just immediately going to get take himself out of the play. You know what I mean? And and it resulted in um, several times where the running back would then just take the ball or the quarterback on a read option would take the ball right where he should have been and and pick up big yardage. So that's one just awful. aspect of his game that, that definitely bothers me but <clears throat> mostly everything else is positive so he uh he has great movement skills and, and he he's definitely got the movement skills to in coverage to be a good nfl coverage linebacker when asked to um he's explosive into his drop so he can get proper depth and deep middle and things like that uh, he shows good leverage uh covering the middle of the field in a four verts play against ohio state that's the game i watched but, uh, by the way ohio state every snap um, explosiveness. He has the re- so he does have the explosiveness to recover when he falls steps. So, so he doesn't always. And I wrote in parentheses at least at the college level, right? So he doesn't always completely remove himself from the play. It, you know, if he if he takes a few steps towards the fake, he does have the ability that to then turn around and uh, change his direction and go back and, and kind of work himself back into the play. And I've seen him do that on multiple occasions in this Ohio State game. So, uh, you know, it helps when you're a great athlete. 6'3", 245 pounds, and he can move like he can. He's uh, In some ways, he's similar to Tremaine Edmonds, the Buffalo Bills linebacker that um, I scouted several, I guess, three, four years ago at this point. Um, and just I, have, I wrote here, I have questions on his overall run defense, just – his instincts just are not there. And, um, you know, obviously the false steps are an issue, but um, he will get stuck on his blocks at times as well. So just to expand on why I have a little bit of an issue with his run defense, you don't see him disengaging as 
quite as easily as you'd like to see him at the college level. Um, he missed a handful of snaps in the second quarter against Ohio State, and then he came back in. So I think it was like three, four, five plays. He was out, and then he came back in. I'm not sure if he got hurt or what. Um, but And I wrote here, can he play edge at the next level? Not, not meaning that can he be an every down edge, which I could see how someone would make that argument, but – I don't really. I think that he's a linebacker more so of, of off ball, um, you know, proportions or whatever. So I think that's that's his best spot. But I do believe there will be times where definitely he's a guy you're going to want to blitz a lot. And I definitely think there will be situations where you just say, "Hey, we kind of like this matchup against this offensive tackle in this particular game. If you do this, you know, so we're going to line you up at edge and ask you to do X, Y, or Z." Um, in a situation where they think you they have an advantage there because he is a very athletic kid and he's strong he's very you know he definitely has the strength to move guys around up front um, on occasion at least so that might be something that happens so his instincts and coverage are are very good right he has definitely much better coverage instincts than he does against the run Um, and for this guy like my overall thoughts on him is he would be perfect in in like in a exotic kind of defense that or it doesn't even have to be exotic, but it could be, but like in a defense that you basically do your best to eliminate the decision making for him. You either send him on a blitz or he's in coverage, right? Or maybe even just a spy, but even then might get a little iffy. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Just that the, the the ability to cover and the ability to get downhill quickly and make a play. I think if you set, if you use him as a blitzer and just scheme it up to where he doesn't really have to read many things, and uh, at least in, in terms of defending the run, I think that would be a, a good role for him. And I think he'd be a very high impact player. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not low on him. Um, he had a nice forced fumble against J.K. Dobbins in that game, by the way, where he just he actually did play the run well and um, got to a spot got in, and was able to knock the football out of Dobbins's hand while tackling him. So. It was like a, you know, he knocked it out um, in route to making the tackle. So I, I like that. But I, I like him a lot. I think he, is, he has a very high ceiling. And um, I just, you know, I was a little bit concerned with, with the fact that he, that he makes a lot of mistakes, you know. So, But even then, he makes a lot of mistakes. And this is what I say. There's a huge transition from college to pro because this is the kind of guy where it wouldn't surprise me if in five or six years he's an all-pro. But it also wouldn't surprise me in five or six years if he was out of the league or like hanging on, signing a one-year prove-it deal somewhere. It really, it really wouldn't. And, and this guy last year, I mean, in 2019, over again, over 109 or 109 tackles, 14 for a loss, and five sacks. So that's 19 plays made behind the line of scrimmage, along with four forced fumbles. And you would think, like, well, that's you know, obviously he knows what he's doing. But that's with him taking all these false steps and kind of you know, get, getting himself out of position on a consistent basis. So that just shows you why the ceiling is so high. It's because of the compensating factors that he has from the physical standpoint, the the physical, you know, gifts that this young man has are, are that that could potentially save his career and make him really one of the elite linebackers in the NFL. So I like him. I would take him in the first round. But for me personally, I'm not sure where he's at in terms of like, you know, draft analysts and where they have him. But I, I'm, I'm thinking like, pick 20 to 25 would be right around the range I'd be willing to take him. And and that's just how I feel about him. Uh, Next guy I watched was a linebacker from Missouri, Nick Bolton. 
excuse me, guys. All right, Nick Bolton, 198 tackles over his last two seasons, and that's in 22 games, 16 and a half for a loss. That's eight and a half for a loss in 19 and eight for a loss in 2020. Three sacks and um, one, in, one in 19, two in 2020. He's six foot, 232 pounds. So for this particular player, I watched half of the Alabama game, roughly half, and then I watched about half of the Florida game. And, um, and I, I like him a lot. I really, really like this kid a lot. Like he's, he's very explosive. Um, you know, he may not be quite the athlete or, uh, or at least might not have quite the movement skills that Parsons has, but he's definitely an explosive uh, player. He sees it quickly and has a great first step. You know, this, this kid does not fall step, like almost never. I think I might've seen like one where he, you know, kind of put himself a little out of position, but for the most part, from what I've seen so far, he doesn't fall step. He's pretty fast, has a, you know, pretty solid um, game speed. And he's kind of the hair on fire kind of guy. You hear that expression a lot, especially with linebackers or guys that play defense particularly, you know, but he's a guy that just plays with his hair on fire, moves around and, he, and he's looking to eat. Um, I'm not sure about his length. He's, you know, at six foot tall, I, I need to see um, his arm length. That would be nice. But when I, I'm not totally concerned about it unless they were like 29 inch arms, just because he's a guy that, in my opinion, has the instincts to compensate, even if his length was a, uh, a concern. So the instincts are there. The quickness is there. The twitch, the athleticism is there um, that I'm not really worried about that. He can work his way through the trash. Um, I wrote here, it's not quite as fluid a mover as Parsons, as I mentioned before. Um, instincts are better than Parsons, though, on, on in every way, right? Like, I mean, really and truly, it, it, as a run defender and, again, and in coverage, he's got better instincts than Michael Parsons, in my opinion. He's a nice open field tackler. Uh, he did. He had one on Najee Harris, where Harris caught a football, had a two-way go on him, and he was able to make the stop uh, and limit the gain to, like, just maybe one or two yards after the catch. So it was a very nice play against a good player, Najee Harris. And this guy just got a high floor, and he doesn't have a low ceiling. You know, you hear that a lot, high floor, but, you know, maybe his ceiling's a little low. No, I don't, I don't know if his ceiling's all that low. It's, it's um, you know, I'm not going to call him a Hall of Famer here, but he's he's got a high ceiling and a high floor, in my opinion. Um, he blew a coverage against Florida where he was – it looked like – or it looked at least it looked like, right? I hate when I speak definitely, you know, definitively upon things like that, but to me it looked as though – he was responsible for the running back and man coverage, and he just took a bad angle, and the running back was able to take a little flat route to the wheel and um, for a big play against him. So I think I'm pretty sure that that was his responsibility. But as a cover guy, he is fluid in, in movement. He He's very agile. He has good change of direction skills. He has a good feel when he's in zone for like route development and just kind of what's happening around him. He has a very good feel and just presence on the field when he's uh, in zone coverage there. And just an absolute stud against the run. And to me, guys, this kid might be a first-round talent. I, again, and I do this purposely, I don't watch college football just because I'm so busy during the NFL season. So this time of year, I always make sure that, you know, I, I don't know a whole bunch about these guys. So I'm not sure where, you know, where everybody is with this kid. But, but to me, he's someone that could easily go in the first round. He, he really is. I think he's that kind of guy. He is, and he's just a safe, safe pick. And again, that doesn't mean that his ceiling is quote unquote low. It's not. Okay. He's a, he's a very good football player. All right. Next guy I watched was Dylan Moses, linebacker from Alabama, number 32. He's six foot three, 240 pounds. So he's a big dude. And I'm assuming 
maybe 2019 he was hurt or something because he did not – I don't see any stats for him in 2019. But in 2020, 76 tackles, um, six tackles for a loss, one sack, and one interception. And real quick, if I may, before we move on to my uh, breakdown of this player – so for a guy like him, let's say he missed 2019 from injury or whatever it was for, because I saw he played in 2018. Um, like, good thing he was going to Alabama, right? And he didn't have to, like, um, scramble around and, and basically or sit out the 2020 season because this is a kid that we would have had no real tape on. And, and it, it might take him from a, you know, second, third, first round pick somewhere in there to like a guy that might have been a UDFA, you know, had he played for a college that, that didn't really play this year. Um, so that's really good for him and uh, for Alabama University for and the SEC for for playing so many games. So we have a quite a good sample size now on him. So luckily for him, that is the case. All right, he had a lazy play against Texas A&M. It's the, that's the game I watched, by the way, the Texas A&M game, where he he quit on a play where he thought the guy was going to run out of bounds, and the guy ends up turning it up field, stays inbounds, and scores a touchdown. Or at least it was called a touchdown on the field. Maybe they reviewed it and took it off the board. I don't know. I can't. I, it, that was the coach's film, so I have no idea. But it looked to me, and that's something that I know NFL evaluators are going to bust his balls about when it's it, when he's being interviewed or whatever. Um, you don't give up on plays. You don't stop running. And then to top, to make matters worse, a player two later, or I guess it was the next possession potentially, um, he allowed a touchdown in uh, just in zone. He just allowed the tight end to get right, just walk right behind him. And there was like nobody else in the middle of the field. So it was something that he really should not have allowed. But now for the positives of this kid, not many false steps. Again, he is a kid that is not, he's not taking, removing himself from the place. He's not hurting himself or his team in his run fits. Um, he has the movement skills to cover. He can change direction. He has a, a decent feel for route development and zone. He's very smooth and, and just calm. There's no panic to him when he's reading his keys in the run game. It's like it's like he never takes a fake because he just is composed and he's reading everything just as he should, and he's almost never out of position. So that's very impressive from that standpoint. He's um, uh, He can disengage. He has the strength at 6'3", 240 to really move guys around a little bit when he needs to. He's pretty good speed, and he's a pretty good athlete in my opinion. Um, first step is very good and he's a good blitzer. He's an effective blitzer, no wasted motion, no, you know, hitch in his, in his pursuit. He can get up and go when he needs to first step. Uh, I mean, um, he, to me, I wrote here, he's definitely an NFL starter with a high floor, like, and he's a three down backer. You know, he's, he may not be a guy that you look at and think he's going to be a great coverage linebacker, but what he is, is a kid that can do it all. Like you don't have to, rem you don't have to take him off the field. You might want to, you know, at least early on, limit his responsibilities in coverage in certain situations, but you don't have to take him off the field. He's a really good, solid prospect. And to me, um, I'd say he's a second rounder right now off the top of my head, just um, in terms of what I watched in that Texas A&M game. I think he's a, a really good quality football player. I hate that I – I'm happy that I saw that play, the, the one where he basically gave up on it and allowed a touchdown, but I also – Hate because if I didn't see that play for me, just being an old school, like no excuses type of uh, mindset, it bothers me when I watch somebody, you know, he was literally jogging. It wasn't like, oh, he's at a, it was he was just jogging towards the play and then saw that and he didn't even start running again. He just kind of kept jogging. So I, I didn't like that at all. But overall, the 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 in the big picture of it all, 
I like Dylan Moses a lot, the linebacker from Alabama. I think he's he's going to go by – you know, he's going to go on day two. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Maybe, and, and would not surprise me if someone saw enough of him – or saw highly enough of him to take him in the first round, maybe in the 28 to 32 range. So, All right. Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa, linebacker from Notre Dame, number six. So this kid is six foot one, 215 pounds. The last two seasons in the last 25 – in 25 games over the last two seasons – 142 tackles, 24 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks of pick, seven passes defensed, and five forced fumbles. Excuse me, guys, one, one second. Uh, we, I'm not going to worry about editing out my sips of water. Yeah, you know what? You, you can deal with it. You, you don't mind, I'm sure. All right, so he's a rangy, wiry build. Um, similar in build to last year's uh, Akeem Davis, Davis Gaither, the Bengals linebacker now, who's I believe a third round pick. He's a twitchy mover. He's very aggressive and high energy. You know, this kid, I wrote down at some point in my notes here that he loves, you can just see that he that he has a competitive nature that that is high energy and he wants to compete and he wants to win. And I love that about him. Uh, he, he can recover if he gets caught out of position. So if the event, and I don't see a ton of false steps on here, I do see some little ones, very small false steps, but he can he has the quickness to recover um, if he does fall step, and he never really removes himself from a play. He's explosive into his drops and can get uh, pretty easily into the deep middle uh, in, you know, when he's playing zone coverage there. Um, his hips are a little bit stiff in coverage in terms of when he's changing directions and when he has to drop his hips and, and go you know, and change directions abru abruptly like that, especially when it's in zone coverage. Man coverage, I think he's an excellent man cover guy. Like he has real legitimate man coverage skills. So I like that a lot. He's an explosive athlete. He's a, I wrote down here, he's a classic will linebacker. You know, he's, he is just that, that kind of smaller, quick, fast, athletic kind of guy that, um, but also has some, has some length and range to him that even, I, I'm not sh sure what his um, arm length and things like that are, but He's at six foot one. He looks much taller and longer on uh, on tape. So that's a good thing for him, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure he can disengage at the next level. Like, I don't know about his strength, his, his ability to, dis to disengage. And I know everybody's going to tell me about Darius Leonard being like 215 pounds this season. That's what he played at. But we're not going to use the outlier to um, – to set expectation on somebody that we're trying to project, right? We don't like, that's something that's to, to me is very irresponsible. And we, and we all do that, you know, because we're like, Hey, we've seen, you know, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be in the NBA. Right. So I used to tell everybody that told me I was too short. Have you ever heard of Muggsy Bogues? Duh. You know what I mean? I'm going to the NBA. It's that easy. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, obviously certain things do matter. I'm not saying that this kid can't play football in the NFL. I definitely think he can, <clears throat> but I'm just saying, 215 pounds. I didn't see enough in this one game. I watched the, by the way, I watched the Clemson ACC title game. I didn't see enough in this game to, for me where I, in terms of him just disengaging in his play strength, I didn't see enough to where I'm not worried about it at all, but I'm also, I saw enough to where I'm optimistic. We'll just leave it at that. Right. But what I wrote was I'm not sure he can disengage at the next level, but he's so quick that it may not matter anyways, right? So that's the compensating factor for the fact that, you know, yeah, he's a little small. You know, he might have, he may get roughed up a little bit on occasion if you can get your hands on him. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of my take on that. He has a 
I wrote here he has high-level man coverage skills, and I love that. They really put a lot on his plate in terms of coverage, too. They were they asked a lot from this young man. And, uh, you know, he was basically played a lot of, like, uh, nickel cornerback damn near. You know what I mean? So that that was uh, – that's awesome to see his coaching staff have that kind of um, confidence in him, and it was awesome to see him step up and respond and play well in those situations. So he's not a natural in zone coverage, but he does have a good feel for what's happening, and he kind of always – knows what's going on. He doesn't, he doesn't ever get twisted and turned around too badly, but he just doesn't look all that natural. But I think that will come in time. He is excellent in pursuit. I mean, this kid can turn, he can run. And um, he does not ever do what uh, Dylan Moses did on that one play where, at least not from what I've seen in this one game, where he gives up on a play that would have not happened to this kid. And, and that's my hypothesis, I would say. But that would have never happened to him because he's just going to give you 100% full effort at all times. And that's just what I saw in the one game I watched. But um, but yeah, to me, he's a second rounder. You know, he's a second round player. And I could totally see how someone would 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 even talk themselves into taking them a little bit higher than that. But I'm very comfortable middle of the second round, end of the second round. That's where I'm taking it. Uh, um, Karamoa. Sorry, his name, it reminds me of a guy. It, so it, it kind of screws me up because it reminds me, it reminds me of the linebacker for the Chargers, Uchenna and Wosu, but it's not the same thing. It's Owusu and then it's Koromoa. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I like Koromoa a lot. I think he's a day two player. All right, and the last guy I watched is a linebacker from UNC. His name is Chaz Surratt. So he's number 21, six foot one. This is what he measured in at the Senior Bowl, by the way. So ESPN might tell you he's 6'2". He's not. At the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, they measured him. He's six foot one, 227 pounds. The arm length is an issue, 30-inch arms. Um, 24 games in the last two seasons, he's racked up 206 tackles. 22 and a half tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks. So, oh, also two picks, five passes defended. So with um with Chaz Surratt, I'm sorry, yeah, with Chaz Surratt, the, the arm length is definitely an issue, and that will be an issue for NFL teams, just because anytime you see the 30-inch arms, you know, especially on a guy that's just six foot one, you're kind of you're going to be a little bit worried as an NFL evaluator, somebody that's trying to project that guy to the NFL game. The game I watched, by the way, was against Miami. So he's a good tackler, he, and he wraps up, right? He's not hes not just going for the shoulder blow to knock your head off. He's actually coming in there to make sure he gets your ass on the ground. And I love that for my linebackers. He can disengage. Um, I saw enough strength, and that's a big deal because I, that's what I was looking for right away when I saw the arm length. I'm like, okay, how can he – I hope I can see some examples of him disengaging and getting off of blocks. And I did see some, and I liked what I saw. And perhaps my my most uh, encouraging sign from Chaz Surratt is that, is that he's smart and he's instinctive, right? He he does he always knows where the football is. So even if it's a uh, if it's a play action play and he's dropping in coverage, like he knows where the ball is when what he's doing. And it even led to a very nice um, pass breakup that he had where he just kind of was. Um, in his zone and and watching the quarterback and, and he ended up slapping the ball down at the line of, almost at the line of scrimmage a couple yards beyond the line of scrimmage but he's a um, yeah very smart very instinctive football player he's not necessarily a super dynamic athlete so when you're not a super dynamic athlete and you're a little bit undersized at least from a length standpoint um, at the linebacker position that might hurt you just a little bit right there are going to be teams and I would I would say there 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 will probably be five to ten teams that have 
a fifth or sixth round grade on this kid and and or just that don't want him at all because they're not quite sure that he'll be able to um, translate you know and and he could be he could be a, the classic example of a of a very good college football player that just can't quite get it done in the pros and that's it's not because he's not talented enough it's just because what he does might not work against the bigger faster stronger people that's just the best way i can describe that but i personally think he can and will i would have no problem taking him um I think I'd like him in the third or fourth round. Probably the fourth round is where I'd, I'd like to take him, to be honest. But he has a good first step, and uh, he has a good feel in zone coverage. It's just, you know, it really is just comes down to the, the lack of length and um, and athleticism in Surratt and speed, really just like he's not all that explosive and, you know, of, of an athlete. So um, if I was to rank these guys, I haven't even done this, so I'm going to do it just really on the spot here. Man, it's so hard because Micah Parsons is a guy that, like, I would take in the first round, right? Like, I would. I said right around 22 to 30 area, I would take him no problem. But it really depends on the scheme I run. It depends on the personnel I have up front because with him, and this you see this a lot with, like, with like um, undersized linebackers that are dynamic players that have a high ceiling, you would say like, oh, let's make sure we have some big space-eating defensive tackles. But for Micah Parsons, I think that, you know, with him, I, I want to have at least one kind of nose tackle Vita Vea type of guy just to make things a little easier on him. And I want to have a, a defensive coordinator that is really in love with him. If my defensive coordinator who has job security, by the way, that's an important aspect of it. That my defensive coordinator needs to not be a guy that could be fired next year. He needs, he needs to be a guy that, you know, has some job security, some, some flexibility there with, with, um, you know, knowing that he's not going to be fired. I need my defensive coordinator to love this kid. I need my linebackers coach to love this kid. I need them to be pounding the table for me to take him in round one. If my linebackers coach and my defensive coordinator are pounding the table for this kid, and I'm in the right system for him, or what I view as the right system for him, I would take him even as high as like 15. Okay. But if I'm not, if they don't want, if they don't want him, he's a guy I'll probably just stay away from because there's other linebackers that are good that I can get in round two or later, in my opinion. And um, you know, that's just that's just how I feel about him. So where do I rank this guy? Um, I think I'm gonna go Nick Bolton at number one, Parsons at two. Karamoa at three, Moses at four, Surratt at five. So that's how I see it. Let me know if you guys agree, disagree, and um, I will be back tomorrow with a Super Bowl preview and prediction. All right, guys. Peace.